All right, folks, we are back, and I am here with uh, Mr. Battlefoam himself, uh, Romeo from Battlefoam. Hey. Romeo, what's going on? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on again. You guys uh, you guys always make it fun to come on the show, so I appreciate that. Well, thanks, man. Thank you. And, hey, uh, so uh, another successful Gen Con in the books for you guys. It was. It was. One of the cool things, you know, for any show, and we say this all the time, but uh, it's really nice to meet the customers we have because we get so much great feedback, um, either beyond improving the product or just on how customer service has taken that care of them over the years or months or whatever. Uh, and then retailers, too. A lot of retailers attend uh, shows like Gen Con, and it's nice to uh, see them and, and, and talk about how the stores are doing and how the product's moving. And uh, That's always really fun. So, we love shows just for the fact that we get to shake hands and kiss babies, which are which is great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, Sunday those those shelves are getting empty. In fact, I was uh, I was considering picking up one of the um, hobby kits myself, like the little yeah. packs with the for the for the paint and stuff. Yeah, the little the little uh, the goes the little or the little tiny guys. Are you talking about the little minis? Pack no, I'm minis? talking about the, the the slightly larger one that has the larger. Oh, the two sixteen. Yeah, yeah. two sixteen with the with the uh, hobby tool loadout with the paints and all that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I, I, I didn't pull the trigger quick enough, and the paint and the and the the, the foam parts. You had the two sixteens, but not the. You sold through all the foam inserts, so I'm like, yeah. well, it looks like I'll be ordering, but. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, we we kind of I don't know what we did this year. We I think we underestimated the see the the, the thing for us normally is you know we we base uh, the next year's sales off you know new products of course and then we always base it off of what we did last year you know because we, we take into account you know the growth of the game and the hobby in general. So when we make our selections of what we're going to send because I mean we have seven eight hundred SKUs you know in our database you can't possibly take that much foam. Oh, right. So um, what we figured is well okay we just had our Fourth of July. July annual Fourth of July sale because now we do two big blowout sales. We do the Fourth of July sale every year, and we do the Black Friday sale, which is right by right before Christmas. And we used to never do sales at all, right? Uh, it was just one of those things we just didn't do. Then we started with the Black Friday sale, and people really appreciated that, so we, we started doing those. And then um, you know, here we were one weekend. This is three years ago because we started about three years ago with the Fourth of July sale. We're sitting around over the Fourth of July weekend, and uh, you know, I'm 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 a big golf nut, and uh, I would get all these emails, you know. This golf company is doing a sale. This, and I'm like, man, this is really cool. I'm gonna go shopping, you know. And I would end up spending, you know, a couple hundred bucks every Fourth of July weekend buying, you know, stupid golf junk I didn't even need. <laughs> but I was like, well, shoot, they're on sale. Let's buy it. Yeah. And I thought, oh my god, what the heck? Why aren't we giving that same kind of cool benefit to our to our gamer buddies? And so we started the Fourth of July sale. So anyway, moral of the story is we we have had this sale now for a couple of years. It's gone great. And we just had it. And with Gen Con moving up into July, it was the first time ever. It was just two weeks after a sale. So we thought, yeesh, you know, we hedge our bets here and make sure we don't overpack the booth because people probably already have everything they need. You know, just had a big sale. And sure enough, dummies that we are, uh, we blew through all of our foam. We sold out of almost all of our stuff that we brought. Uh, and go figure, gamers just can't get enough, man. They just, there's always time for more. So, We'll be ready next year, Dave. We'll be ready next year. <laughs> oh, and there was tons of stuff there. It was just it just so happened the one thing that I yeah. was going to grab um, was not. But I mean, you know, I just there's so much. It's so funny. My wife's like, she's like, "There's this many types of foam." I'm like, "There's yeah. that many types of models." Man. I'm <laughs> like, it never stops. I'm Ugh. like, you've seen. I'm like, you've seen all the different crap in my basement. They got they got a, they got a different cut for everything. She's like, yeah, that's I crazy. Mean, 
the wild thing about it is, you know, with with me doing Wild West Exodus now and doing the the game, you know, there's a lot of creative stuff I have to do during the week, and I kind of split up my work week and um, kind of you know several days doing Battle Film, of course, and then several days doing. Uh, Wild West Exodus, and the wild thing about it is, you know, I'll come back from you know doing creative stuff or making new models or helping the three D sculptors, whatever, with the with the Wild West stuff, and I'll come back and, and get into the Battle Foam groove, for, and it's on my desk is like a list of things that just came out in three days yeah. that we got to foam up. You know, it's like X Wing Seven Ships came out, and it's like you know uh, Forgotten Kings Super Dungeon Explorers ready and shipping and. It's like holy! How am I always behind the you know behind the eight ball on this stuff uh, every single week? It's impossible. So it is really wild, man. How many how years have you been selling foam? We started in two thousand nine. Um, it was just me. So right. the, the the business started with myself in two thousand nine, and uh, we are now in our sixth year in business. Uh, the UK opened up four and a half years ago, so our our warehouse manufacturing facility in the UK opened up four years ago, a little over. So uh, in the US, six years; in the UK, four years, and uh, you know we're what twenty five employees strong now. So it's really cool. It's really it's become a really awesome thing, and really it's thankful to the com- gaming community because. You know, obviously they support what we do and they support the game and support all, the entire hobby in general. And that's huge because it keeps the businesses growing, including ours. So it's awesome. Well, I was thinking that's one of the reasons you get so behind the eight ball, though. Look in the last six years, how many oh. new games have sprung up. I mean, tell me about it. And especially, like you said, like X Wing and Armada. I mean, Fantasy Flight's putting out a new series every couple of months. I mean, there's something yeah. new and that kind of thing going on. Um, yeah. It's just fantastic. I did want to ask. Um, and I know, uh, I just was curious, there's that new game out, Age of Sigmar. I was wondering yes. if their starter set was going to be getting a foam uh, kit anytime soon. You know what? If you go to our website right now. It's oh, it's already, already there? Uh, <laughs> see, last time I checked, it wasn't there yet. So ah, you guys it just went up yesterday, so I don't want to seem like I'm too cool. Like, it just literally went up. <laughs> okay. I literally just got it done this week. That was part of, like, my notes for this week, you know? Oh, like, excellent. Get Sigmar done, you idiot. It's like, so oh, it's I there. Got... Yeah. No, we did what we did for them is we did um, uh, four new trays that came out so far. You know, obviously not the entire range is out, so they're releasing right. things uh, briefly. The one cool thing is every model that now is coming out, and this includes X Wing. It includes you know really almost every board game or just about anything major that comes out, including all the new character models for for Age of Sigmar. Those all now go right into the custom tray career within a couple days. So even if the ideal tray you don't want is there, or I'm sorry, isn't there. Um, the custom trade creator, if you jump on that, you'll find those characters and you can really build out your troop trace however you like, you know, with, right. you know, if you just have one main character and then all basic troops, then you can roll that out. Or if you want to just have a tray with all special characters, so they're separate from all your basic troops, you can do that too. And, and that's really for every line. We do that for privateer press, for Malifaux, for everything. So it's pretty exciting, but yeah, age of Sigmar, we did, uh, we did two trades. We did one for, uh, of course, chaos. And then we did one for obviously age of Sigmar guys. Uh, and then we also did, or what do they call again? Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. The good guys are, wait, wait, don't tell me. Stormcast Eternals. Stormcast Eternals. That's we right. just call them Sigmarines, but Stormcast yeah. <laughs> Eternals is actually the proper title. Yes. I just call them Grey Knights, but <laughs> Kyle gets mad here when I say that. So he starts screaming, Sigma! So anyway, <laughs> but anyway the, the Grey Knights have invaded the old world. Uh, no but kidding. The, uh, yeah, so we did, we did one special thing with all the characters and also basic troops and then we did a a new troop tray for the uh the good guys and a troop tray for the bad guys so now the larger models because obviously all these new 
space marines from the old world uh, are much larger and the 32 mil base and all that. So we had yeah. to make a troop chair that fit him. So, But those are all on there now, so check them out on their new products. Or They actually have their own category. Uh, Aegis Sigmar now has its own category in the Battlefoam shopping cart, so you can look at anything that comes out going forward will be in there. Perfect. Fantastic. Good stuff. So one quick go back, just because I wanted to tell people about this, because uh, I was, you know, we mentioned the 216 for the, the hobby kit stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I go to tournaments, and I have my, you know, my 15, 20, my XL that yeah. I'm lugging around, and then I've got a tackle box, and I have this tackle box I pop open. It's got a couple of paints, a couple of you know files, a cutter, a clipper, glue. Yeah, and it, it doesn't go anywhere. And I realized I did. I knew you had the small one. I didn't realize until I was at Gen Con that you had the big two. And that zips. You can zip that right on top. Yep. Of your other pack. That's why I said I had to buy one. My wife's like, don't you have a tackle box? I'm like, when I go to a tournament, I could drop the two sixteen on top of the the XL, yep. zip it to the top. And then it's there. I don't have to worry about yeah. it falling. I don't have to worry about lugging it. It's not an extra piece that I'm lugging around. That's why I'm just saying I know a lot of people, uh, especially people who listen to the show. We've got a lot of you know listeners who buy the Battle Foam. I know Relian's got a bunch and a bunch of other listeners. And, um, it, guys, if you don't have the, the 216 for the hobby kit, especially because somebody invariably drops a model or kicks a model. Or I remember one tournament I was at, the guy was literally just stone drunk and fell over and hit his display board, which was hanging about two inches off the edge of the table, oh, yeah. and he landed on it and it just flipped it. And yeah. his whole army went everywhere. So yeah. that whole that whole night, like all his friends were helping him put it together, and they're running around looking for glue here and clips there. That two sixteen with the with the uh, with the paint and and modeling bit trays is just that thing is a godsend. Just, yeah, you know, for ease of ease of uh, transport. So, you know, the the thing about it, I think for for your your listeners that are new, you know, and don't actually know too much about battle foam, or just have used other alternatives over the years or whatnot, and just are happy with what they're carrying. The one thing that I I preach to people all the time, you know, at battle foam, my goal when I create anything for the line or for any of our ranges is just to simplify the transportation part of your gaming. We don't. My goal when I go anywhere, when I go on a trip, if I go golfing, if I go on vacation, I want to bring the least amount of crap with me as I can, meaning as yep. far as bags. I want to pack as much junk into them as I can, but I, want, I, don't, I don't want to have three rolly bags. I don't want to have a backpack. I, you know, I want to have just like one thing. I keep track. I keep an eye on it. The, you know, the airline has one less item they can lose. It's like literally just if you mess up one time, it, you know, it, just, it makes life easier. So when I create for Battle Foam, it's just one of those things where – how, when I look at any new projects, I look, okay, how do I make this the easiest to travel with, one? And two, how do I make it to <clears throat> so that it fits the stuff that I actually will need, not junk I don't need? You know what? As much as I want a, a place to put my pops or, or a place to put you know, uh, something random like a you know, 45-inch pie plate for Apocalypse – do I need that every time? Probably not. You know, at the same time, do I want a spot for it? Maybe, but ideally, I want to get as many minis. I want to get my hobby supplies. So we really create around what the gamer is going to need on a regular basis. And if you look at, you know, for new listeners or, or new to battle phone people, the biggest thing is look at the pack system because it really is configurable to your needs with the Moly system on the sides now. You can buy the accessories that you want and add them to the side of the bag. So if you want extra pockets for knickknacks, you can add them. If you want a place to put books or laptops or iPads, we have those accessories. Put them on there. Um, you don't have to buy a bag that's already predetermined for you where you're stuck with what you got. 
uh, you build it the way you want it. The outside's customizable, and then of course the foams always has the option for customizable, uh, being customizable. So all of these things work hand in hand to make it really user friendly. Uh, and like you said, you can zip up the 216 on top of the bags or on the bottom of certain bags. And then what makes it cool is that you know you're not going to need that in the gaming hall the whole entire tournament. Right. Leave it up in your room. Leave it you know leave it in the hotel room, and then. When something breaks, boom, you have it on there. But getting from the airport to the hall to the gaming, you know, to your hotel room, that's got to be easy and fun to do without having a haul around, like you said, a tackle box and this and that. So that's really our goal. So check that out, guys. You know, when you're when you're looking at products uh, from us, that that helps. All right, one last thing, and then I want to talk about Wild West Exodus. And I'm asking about this because last year I got to talk to Kip over yeah. at the booth. Um, and uh, he had an idea, and I, I threw out the name, and uh, I still haven't okay. seen it coming out. You mentioned oh. sometimes you want to have a pop. Or, you know, yes. I, I go to tournaments. A lot of guys want to have a nice cold beverage. Yes. Uh, let's say soda. It's a family-friendly show, but whatever your beverage of choice is, <laughs> you need to get out the, the either the pack ice or the cold pack. You need a you need an insulated pack that I can hold in a couple of a couple of cans of beverage that'll keep it cold for me cuz I, I I tell you everybody I know who has battle foam who goes to tournaments would buy one of those. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Kip had said that, "Hey, we need something uh, insulated." I'm like, "Yeah, the pack ice." So that way when I've got I can keep my beverages cold while I'm sitting at the table for 2-3 hours. You know, one of, one of the coolest things about our sales staff, including, you know, the guys that you probably saw at the show, Kip, Kyle, Jeff, all the, you know, Kieran, Kieran all yeah. of our customers, are, they're probably the best poker players because they are stone cold when it comes to people trying to get info out of them, right? Yep. So you, you talk about this. We have, and I'll, I'm going to, I always blow the lid on everything. So I tell them, don't say a word, I'll kill you, right? Well, this and is last I, year I'm, we had this I idea, know. so. I, I know, right? It, it's, it's one of those things like, they will literally tell you, oh, no, yeah, that's a, you know, this is great. Let's, we're going to write this down. And in their mind, they're like, this is on the list for two years from now, or this is on the list. This is coming out next month. I want to tell them, something. but they know they'll be killed, right? All right. So, anyway, the, the point is, as you know, the Moly system has been coming out for the last two years. Right. This is all the bags now. And the reason why it's taken so long to come out with what I'm about to tell you here is that we've wanted to get all the moly on all the bags, but we had to wait for all of them to eventually convert. So if you remember, all bags were green at one time. We slowly converted them over to moly. Then we started converting them over to black. And now they're all black with moly. So this conversion took about two years to, to manufacture through the runs. Right. And now we're just going straight to accessories. So this for this Black Friday sale, it's one of our big reveals and a couple of the ones I have for you here in just a second. But the one of the cool accessories that's coming out is actually a beverage holder that you can again, like all other moly, attach it to the side of any of the bags. So what it does is it holds two cans of beer or bottles, whatever. It's big enough to hold a bottle. Okay. Uh, and it's insulated. It has that little silvery, you know, magic water holding system inside. Okay. So that the ice melts. You know, it's good to go. And all of these will be available to be put on any of the bags that we make. So it's going to be a very inexpensive. I'm, our goal right now is to get it at about 18 bucks, but uh, or less. So the coolness about it is you'll be able to do exactly what you said. Put a little bit of ice in the bottom of it, drop a couple cold ones in there, attach it to the side. Now, if you drink a lot of beer, two beers may not be enough. You may need to buy two of these things you know, <laughs> and put them on both sides of your bags, which you can obviously do. But it will hold two cans, and uh, you know it came from just like your suggestion about – so many people came to us and said, "You need to have this on your bags." And we, you know, we jotted this down. We said, "Okay, 
Don't say a word to anybody. They'll come out. We got to surprise them. So I'm kind of surprising you right now. But yes. Fantastic. Idea is amazing. We appreciate it, David. That's and, a, that's it, a, it's coming. I'll send you a free one or knowing you probably four. So you, <laughs> and, I'll, okay. and, and we'll get some as prizes on the show as well then. Perfect. That would be perfect. Okay. We'll do a, like a little gift bag for uh, for you guys when they're out, so you can give them away to all the fun drinkers out there. Perfect. Fantastic. All right. So you you said other uh, other yeah. dropping some other uh, nuggets for us for so, so I, I'll garage give hammer you, exclusives. Yeah. Well, I'll give you I'll give you one super cool exclusive, and I'll give you one that's um, already available, but it just came out. It was launched at Gen Con, which I'm really excited about. Um, it's uh, our new 352 bag. So you had mentioned earlier in in the interview that. All these new games are coming out in the last couple of years have been just you know epic. You, you know you see Kickstarter campaigns being success successful and being funded almost every couple months. You know and and the games are great. It's you know there's no slouch games out there anymore uh, right. where people are slapping against the models. I mean there's amazing sculptors, amazing 3D work getting done, and and with uh, 3D sculpting machines getting lower in price, people are putting out great products. So more of the story is a lot of people because of the the scope of gaming, they can't really just go into like an army based game. A day into their Kickstarter, they have to start skirmish level. So there's a lot of these games where you're going to be running around with you know 50 or less models per per side per per unit. Okay, and that falls into this range of a skirmish game. So we wanted to create a bag that really took care of this and was universal. Meaning, if you played Dark Age, it would take care of it. If you played Blood Bowl, it would take care of it. If you played Dreadball, it would take care of it. You know, all of these games that that are considered skirmish, and even some of the more popular ones like Privateer Press, if you're playing smaller points, you can use these. Uh, it's the 352, the Pack 352. So this bag is designed for skirmish gaming. It is a universal skirmish bag. It's the ideal size. It uses what we call the small battle foam trays, which all this stuff can be found on the website, so you can get measurements and sizes. Just go to battle foam and go under the uh, Pack 352. It's just such a great skirmish bag. You know what I'll do is I'll send you one. Um, okay. You're coming up. And what I want you to do is uh, take it around. Show it to people because I think you guys, since you do gaming in so many different levels and you travel a lot, uh, it's a great way for you guys to actually put all your stuff in a smaller bag and see what kind of games you can get around in. Uh, because it's amazing how much stuff it fits even though it's a small little package. So it's pretty cool. Perfect, because we've got the Infinity Group starting up in our local area, too. We've got the Wild West Exodus players in our local group, so I'm certain I could multitask the heck out of that bag. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, the cool thing is it's just about the same size as the Infinity Bag, so the foam from the Infinity Bag will fit in there, which is great because if you already have an Infinity Bag, but you don't want to have Infinity logos on it because you're playing a different game and you know you just want to have the versatility of going whatever game you want into the bag – It'll hold that, and you can move those trays right into it. So very, very cool in that way. Sweet. Um, so I'll get you one out because I think it'll be Excellent. a lot of fun Thank for you, you guys to check it out. Uh, the other thing too, and this is the big one. Okay, you guys have known for the, uh, the the black label cases we've been doing for quite some time. This is like the elite military style of cases. Uh, we we partnered up with Pelican Cases, which is a big mil- military uh, Pelican uh, creates – Military contract style cases and does stuff for the military and has for years, right? right? The problem is when you're that big of a company, you know, billion dollar company, you charge high prices for your products, which in turn our cost as a partner is still high, which then obviously translates into a higher cost to the consumer, the gamer, you guys. So 
we were always kind of strangle held by this um, because we just couldn't get below a certain percentage discount. Right. Uh, no matter what volume we bought, they just don't discount like that. So we thought, okay, we got to find a better way because these hard cases are popular with certain people. You know, you have forge rolled models, you have these gorgeous big models that are coming out. They're super fragile, and you, you know. As, as cool and as durable as our cases are, there's people that want to go elite level. They want to go to the next level up, but maybe not want to pay elite prices, right? So starting this Black Friday, so again in November, we're launching an entire new line of hard shell plastic cases, military grade, but manufactured and tooled just for us. So we went to China, of course, the world's shopping mall for uh, manufacturing, <laughs> yeah. and we said, look. We want this quality. We want American-made quality, but we want it at reduced prices because we got to reduce the bulk price for our customers. And they said, "Okay, let's see what we can do." And you know, after six months of negotiating and discussing and planning, uh, we have finally got uh, the cases that we're really happy with the quality. We've put them through underwater submersion tests. We've burned them up test. We've done the drop test. We've done the you know we've done all these tests where we know they're just as durable as Pelican cases. But they're going to be at half the price. So you guys are going to really see a huge selection of hard cases from us uh, that should rival just about anything in the industry or has ever been in the industry. So super big important announcement because nobody knows about that yet until now. And nice. uh, it's going to hit really hard in September, October, and then November they're going to hopefully hit shelves uh, for retailers because they'll actually be discountable for retailers. So they'll want to bring them in, which is really cool. Oh, that's awesome. So, that's fantastic. That's yeah. great news. So that's it. That's all I have. That's all the good stuff I have for, for Battlefall. That's plenty, man. Three three big <laughs> drops in one in one quick uh, few minutes. That's fantastic. So awesome. while you've still got some time, I know that your uh, your second Kickstarter on Wild West Exodus was a huge success. Yes. So where what's going on, man? Where are we going with this? You you're the you are the man with all the info on this. I was talking to I was talking to uh, Wapple at Gen Con about the game itself and how much he loves it and how much he loves to paint it. But you're the man with the, the all the 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 uh, the big info. The info. Well, yeah. I got to I got to give a shout out to to the people I went to Gen Con for us uh, as our representatives. You know, first of all, Jim Wapple, an amazing, amazing artist, painter. Uh, and just a super good person. I mean, if you're looking to meet a guy who is honest, genuine, dedicated to his trade, and is by far one of the best in the trade, uh, Jim is, I mean, he's for hire, first of all. So he's not our employee. He's for hire. Yes. So if you need paint work done and you're a new company and you're looking to have somebody that's amazingly professional, get stuff done, he's like a, he's like a painting savant. I mean, he, he's so fast. That I sometimes wonder if he sleeps at all because he's just that fast with painting high quality products. Uh, so Jim, and I really appreciate him. And he puts out his from his own website. He's you know he's blogging twice a day stuff he paints every twelve yeah. hours something comes yeah. out because he links it to the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And I'm like every twelve. I'm like do you, seriously, do How? you sleep? Yeah. Oh, this one's out a little early. It's four in the morning. Like, yeah. What do you, <laughs> <laughs> the, the man, I'm telling you, the man is a machine. He is he is like a, a space robot that was sent here to paint models. Uh, he's just super cool in that way. And and he's just so personable. Uh, the people that interact with him, meet him, 
they see his passion about whatever he's into, and uh, we're lucky and glad that he's into Wild West Texas because uh, he's such a governor uh, for the game. Uh, you know, it's just really awesome. So we want to say thank you to him for doing a great job at the show. Aaron Cook, again, awesome volunteer who came out, uh, who does all of our shows for us. He lives out in Ohio. Uh, shout out to him. You know, he's a he's a great Ohio guy. Uh, really awesome person. Really awesome gamer. And and he spent an entire weekend doing millions of demos for the game. And I know he's lips were probably chapped and his head was probably throbbing when he got done with it but uh, <laughs> battled through it and then of course my lovely wife who was there who handled all the the money part of it and, and made sure that everything ran smoothly uh she's a you know she's a, she's an amazing person and uh for her to take on such a nerdy thing that us guys are into and really own it uh is huge oh, so um, no, no 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 jama my wife oh. the, the blondie uh unless she was at the bathroom hiding from you but well, uh, yeah <laughs> Women do Jima. that, but <laughs> I just, do that. I, just when, I mean, when I was there, I, I, I only, I only saw Kieran there, so I, I, I was like, wait a oh, minute, yeah. what? But so, okay, no, I'm... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kieran's hiding out. Kieran, uh, Kieran is, Kieran's a little brunette. She right. is at the battlefield side, and she's our little, she's my second wife. I oh guess wait, wait, oh say. wait, your wife was. I'm sorry, on the wild, I, you know, I automatically was thinking battlefield. That was okay. So I did meet her. I did you meet did. her and speak to you her. Did. Yeah, oh, yeah, so, so Jamal was over at Wild West Exodus handling the Wild West Exodus side, and Kieran was over at Battlefront. So those are my two wives. Uh, obviously, they both yell at me, so that's why I call my two wives. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, Kieran's an amazing person also. She's our operations manager here, and uh, she runs uh, these guys, uh, you, know, like a, like, you know, like Stalin did. You know, I mean, he's got, she's got a sickle and a giant hammer, and she smashes anybody that gets out of line. She's with got you. the iron fist <laughs> in a velvet glove. It's very – it's fantastic. It is, it is, and uh, a lot of times it's with her hair done nice, so we like that. <laughs> but uh, no, so it, it, just a shout out to our, our people that work the show, uh, just a great job all around. But um, you know, the cool thing about Wawa Sexist for me was it was a great way to funnel out all of this energy I have for creative uh, creating stuff, and the creative the creative part of designing a game is really neat because if you don't have any IPs to worry about other than your own that you created, there was no limitation. And that was huge. So the first Kickstarter did great. That launched the world for us and, and the game itself. And now with the Kickstarter 2 being done uh, and being successful, which we were extremely happy it did what it did uh, amongst all these other great games coming out just to have a small slice of the pie is huge. We uh, were stoked because we're on track. We're actually early. We just got confirmation literally this week uh, on Monday that our uh, plastics are all finished and they've gone into what's considered production. So the tooling part's the hardest, the layout and all that, the building of the sprues are the toughest part. And then production takes just a couple days. So we went into production. So by next week, I'm going to get my first sample shipped, which, of course, we'll post on the Internet, on our websites, on Facebook. So check out WildWestExodus.com and the Wild West uh, Exodus Facebook page for that information. But you'll see the plastics firsthand. They're so good. They, they, they Really, our sculptors did a great job. Uh, so those are on track, ready to go. That's the hardest part. Uh, the printing of the boxes is finished. Those are going to be shipping out at the same time with the plastic. So all the hard stuff that was over there, uh, you know, out of our hands is done. Now the, the resin stuff starts for us here. So all the resins done all in the U.S. here. And, uh, you know, we're going to be right along. And I think we're going to be able to beat our March 1st deadline uh, and hopefully get people stuff by Christmas. That's our goal. Well, that's uh, cool. That is – I mean, seriously, a March 1st deadline and you're going to have it to them by Christmas? That's – Yeah, that wow, – <laughs> We, we literally have every, you know we learned a lot from our first Kickstarter and how not to do things the same way again and uh, being able to have that as a uh, as a as the 
former bad plan helped us create a good plan. So at this point, we're in a situation where the boxes are ready, everything's ready to go. It's just a matter of things showing up, getting put into where they need to go, and out the other door. Uh, so it should go really fast, and we're really stoked. We actually started on Monday our preview week, and we're going to be doing until all the models are previewed. We're going to be uh, updating on our Facebook page all of the models that, that were in Kickstarter in their final 3D sculpted versions. So we just did all the Ladies of the West uh, went up. Uh, so there's 10 sculpts there that you guys can take a look at. They're amazing. People are really excited about those. And we're going to be doing today. I got another one going up, and we're literally going to be doing it every day until, I mean, there's like 80 models that came out for the second, you know, the second Kickstarter. So those are all going to be posted. So pretty exciting stuff. So let me ask you a quick question. For for people who haven't played Wild West Exodus, I mean, there's a lot of skirmish games out there. Uh, a lot, I mean, it's obviously Wild West, and I mean, people who have listened to the show, this show already know, because I'm in love with the Union. In fact, we did get a demo at Gen Con, and Harrison was like, ooh, Wyatt Earp. I'm like, yes, yeah. yes. So he's like, well, should Wyatt Earp be fighting uh, against uh, Lincoln? Because I know you like Lincoln, Dad. I'm like, who cares? Just let's play. Yeah, just but, do uh, it, man. What... what uh, I mean, not fluff-wise, but just uh, sort of game-wise. What what kind of game, I mean, if they don't know much about it, what kind of a game could they expect to, uh, if they want to look into Wild West Exodus? I mean, other yeah, than it, tabletop miniatures, you know. Sure, sure. And it's, it's a great question. I mean, really what sets us apart, and there's 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 a couple of very specific points that make us different. Because, again, a lot of great games are coming out. You can only go so far when dice are what rules your base system, your, your general gaming system. So... We have three very specific cool things that I feel for us make us different, and I'll, I'll cover them real fast. The first is the halo. So we look at, at human beings and models in our world as always being uh, – have the ability to kill or having a threat range or a kill area. So I always found it cumbersome when you have to declare a charge, roll dice to see if you make a charge, and then charge into a combatant, right? We kind of felt like that was wonky in the way that, well, I already moved. If I was in a real-life situation, obviously you can never compare real life to miniatures, but you know what I'm saying. Common sense would tell you if I'm moved, I'm already kind of charging, right? I'm moving at the enemy. That's a charge automatically. Right. Why do I declare it and why do I have to then roll a die again to potentially maybe not make it? Would I trip over a rock or a tree or a snake? I mean it just seemed – those kind of games seem cumbersome to me when you have to rethink the actual movement again after you're declaring a charge. So in our game, we have something called the halo, which is every model based on what weapon it carries has a larger halo. And this is depicted in inches on the actual stack card. So, for instance, a guy that has a just bare fist, he's going to ha have a half-inch halo around his base, meaning that's really as far as he can reach. Now, a guy with a saber, for instance, you know, like a Union soldier, uh, he may have a saber. That has a two-inch threat range. Okay. Larger beasts, like the Warrior Nation, like kind of shapeshifters, they may be like half-man, half-bear. They may have a three-inch reach, which means three inches around this model is his kill zone. If you enter that kill zone, either you charged it or you entered it accidentally or he passed or whatever, you're now able to be assaulted in close to close, um, you know, close combat or hand-to-hand -hand combat. Okay. The reason we like that is because it makes every model dangerous. So when you're moving around the battlefield, you have to strategically think ahead. Holy crap, how do I get around this area? How do I flank move? Because I know if I flank this set of uh, warp uh, of of uh, you know werewolves 
if I come around this back area, their reach is three inches. There's three of them. Oh my God, I have like a 12 inch area I can't walk through or I'm going to get ripped to shreds, which technically if you think about it, if you're in a forest and there's werewolves, probably not going to run by them because they're probably going to get you. Right. So yeah, exactly. You're not going to slip past them. They're going to reach out and touch you. Exactly. Exactly. So the way we really thought about the game is we thought about it in a logical way where we wanted every model to always be on the, on the lookout. Always want They always want to be ready to fight and it removed the cumbersome dice rolling of having to charge and assault uh, in the way that you normally do in most games. So that makes the game really fun and really fast because now you move a character he t- he's within his threat range and his, you're in his halo, the enemy miles ahead. He can attack you, which is so cool because you go straight from moving into fighting. No more goofing around and, and doing all these random things. The other really cool point, so that's one of the cool points. Right. The other really cool points is the influence system. So based on our fluff, and I can go on hours of talking about that, but <laughs> based on the, which nobody wants to hear right now, uh, one of the cool things about it is the fluff system, we have something called influence. This is done by an entity called the Dark Council, but quickly moving forward from that, the influence is a amount of a number. Really, every boss has a certain number of influence. Let's call it, let's call it four. If a model has a four influence, it gives four re-rolls to the army, to your entire army of guys. So each character may have one, two, three, depending on his point cost and how awesome he is of a model. So you may have a cumulative amount of ten influence dice or rolls available to you every turn that influence pool refills what allows you to do is every time you make a movement or you roll a die you can choose the influence x amount of time based on how many of those influence tokens you have this gives you additional strategic assets that you can use and resource management that you can use at different parts of the game so i'm about to fight my boss versus your boss right or better yet i'm about to use a really generic guy to fight your boss which is way more powerful than me I may have saved up all of my influence, which is let's call it dice rerolls, to make sure that this little, you know, puny little human who has terrible stats may just get that lucky blow in there because he gets to re-roll that die ten times based on this influence because you were able to hoard your resources until you needed them last minute. So you can re-roll a re-roll. You can re-roll. You can re-roll as many as you wager, but you have to announce the wager before you do it, just like poker. So what you do is you say, okay, you, you have two guys that are fighting each other. Let's say uh, Wyatt Earp, like you said, and and Abe Lincoln. They go head to head. Abe Lincoln is super powerful in close combat. Wyatt Earp is okay in close combat. He's better at ranged. You would obviously think if I don't kill this guy in my first assault, Abe Lincoln just cut me in half. So it might as well just throw the whole kitchen sink at him. So maybe you have six of these rerolls. Well, then what you would do is you would announce, "Hey, I'm going to put all six of these rerolls on these hits right here on these dice because he may have four attacks, right?" So now it lets you reroll all four of those dice each individually one extra time, or whatever amount you have, right, based on your influence. And what's cool about that is now this under performing maybe a, a lighter ability less of uh, uh you know effective model can become just as effective as a boss model or as a big leader model because of how you strategically held your assets back to use at the right moment huge huge advantage to strategic players that want to take the game above and beyond just moving stuff and rolling for luck you know with dice so that's a huge factor in our game that people are finding as they play it. Oh my God, if I use this strategically, it really is going to help me when I need it most. And it's great because you can use it on defense or offense. And you've got it so, every 
Every turn it resets. So for- every turn it resets. But when a model dies, it lo- you lose that pool of influence based on that model's amount. So let's say your boss gets killed and he brought four to your army's pool. Well, those four are gone. Right. So now you have maybe three because there's only three other guys that bring one each. So you do have to make sure that you don't get your good players or your good models killed because that also depletes your entire resource base and your entire army. So you have to protect your bosses. You have to protect your special characters. You have to be smart the way you move stuff and, and how you strategically place pieces so you don't just you know put your chaplain out there. You get shot in the first uh, turn with the last cannon. Oh, well, whatever. I have two more. It's like, no, no, no. You do not have two more. You know? Exactly. You just lost, you just lost a huge strategic you know, advantage, and now you're going to be fighting uphill the rest of the way. And it's so, a little bit of a gamble too, because you got to you got to make sure you really want this, because you got to call it before you roll it. It's not like, oh, I rolled it here. I'm going to use a re-roll token. Right. You call and, it and beforehand. With, so if you get all, you know, roll all tens, and you're, oh, well, I didn't need it, you know. But yeah, yeah, and, and that's the other thing too, and that's the coolest part about it. So because again, with the fluff, it explains a dark council. They always play these little tricks on humans uh where they 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 kind of bribe them to do stuff and then they don't give them any payback right so the same way (laughs) let's say you have one guy he's got one weapon that's really powerful and he only has one strike with that weapon well and you want it to hit right so you you have five of these re-rolls available in your army pool you say okay i'm gonna take all five because i want this big weapon to hit and it just happens to hit on the first natural roll because you just got lucky and it just hit on a 10 or whatever all those five they're gone because you already bet them so even though you didn't need them, you you're screwed because you depleted your resource pool and you just got lucky. You know that one time because you, you know you, you needed to roll a, a nine or a ten and you happen to roll a ten. You know which is what a ten percent chance. So uh, that's also another way the game gets really strategic because now every time you're betting this amount of influence, you have to decide. You know, is this the time I put it all in? Do I put a few? And there's times you maybe only put two because you're being all timid and you fail all three rolls. You know, the, the right. natural roll and the two re-rolls. And then you're like, you know, I totally wasted all that. Well, I mean, if you get it on the first roll, it's not really wasted. I mean, yeah, you lose it. But, hey, I needed right. that roll anyway. I mean, that's the whole reason I'm putting it on there. That was a right. really cool thing that they had. Harrison really liked like that, that he could sit there and pick out, oh, great. I mean, you know what? I'm going to make sure. Because yeah. during the demo, I was, of course, I was playing Abe Lincoln because it was on the table. And he's like, oh, no, you're not getting anywhere near me. And he just starts dropping that influence. I'm like, you snake. And he's just. So, yeah, yeah it's a it, fun system. It really is. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think probably the, the, the last and most important feature and the one I liked the most and was one of the ones I, when we designed the game, I was so adamant that it came out the way that it did. And it was a lot of renditions of it before it came out the way it did is the, the alternating one to three activation system that we have so you know let's just make it easy numbers you have 10 guys i have 10 guys okay i get first roll you know we just roll off and i get first turn well what ends up happening is in our game you decide how many of those 10 models you move based on the one to three system meaning i have to elect and and announce before i move which three characters or models i'm going to activate on my sub turn right right so let's say I say I, I announced to you I'm gonna I'm gonna elect to move these three guys. Okay, you put a little token next to them, you move them, you do your actions, then whatever. Now the turn automatically kicks over to your sub turn. So even though you went second, you don't wait till all ten of my guys go. You then begin playing right after my three. So then you say I'm gonna elect to move only one guy. Okay, great. So you move one guy. It comes back to me again. I have one to three again. I elect to move three more. Move my three up. It goes back to you. You elect to move one. 
you move your one. And then I we do this all the way through until I run out of models. Then you're able to move the rest of your models in a row. What that does is you're never really waiting more than five, ten minutes. Even with really lengthy re-rolls and all these things, you're never really waiting more than ten minutes to play your turn or at least move some models. So, And you can sit there sort of and be like, okay, I really want to see what you're going to do first. So you could let him move his three and move Absolutely. your one. And suddenly he's like, oh, he's only moving one. What's he planning? So there's there's like a little game within a game of how much am I going to activate? Do I need to push forward and hit you first, or do I want to sort of hold back and see where you are so that I have the I have the run of the table when you're done? Yeah. See, the, the funny thing about it is, see, you're a strategic minded gamer, which means you're probably extremely competitive and you do really well in the in these type of games because that is one of the major assets to this game is baiting and luring your opponent during their activation. So the way you do that, like you said. You simply move one model and use their aggressiveness against them. Where they move three every time, eventually they're going to run out of models to move, and then you get to move all of the remainder of yours one after the other. So you can pull off an amazingly awesome flanking maneuver if you wait to maybe move your fast assault vehicles last, and you move like little hired hand henchmen you know, up front. Because a lot of times, a cool strategy is you use these little hired hands, move them one at a time, one at a time, and this is a lot of the time works against new players. You move them one at a time, they usually get shot, which really ignites the excitement of the opponent to move more models towards you. Because, well, I'm killing stuff every turn, ah, you know? Right. And really, they're just killing these, you know, 20 point models, or in our case, posse dollar models, which doesn't mean anything really in the scheme of the game. And then you have maybe six, seven, ten models left to move in a row, and you pull off a, you know, a, 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 a a flank move with a bunch of uh, iron horses, which are our version, like speeder bikes. Right. You know, and you just cave in their entire left flank or right flank or whatever. And when people start seeing these strategic assets available to them within the actual turn, um, it just gives so many opportunities for for movement and tactics and uh, ways to make the game different. No, I've probably played honestly since we started developing this game, two hundred games plus of okay. this game. Never once have we had the same exact game where all the models were in the same part of the board or the same characters were alive at the end or the same character got the same move off in the exact same way as he did five games ago. And we've played the same miniatures, obviously, over and over to see if we have broken rules or issues with movement or things. And because of the constant interchangeable factors – you're always playing something different because there's no way to reproduce exactly all the factors, especially when the dice get involved and they change everything. And that's so, definitely one of the things I liked about the game. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just, yeah, no, 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 it, that's, that's it's, it. Yeah, it's it's one of the things I really like because it's like you said, if you're playing other games like, you know, I mean, I, play, I played a lot of Warhammer Fantasy and, I mean, I had my army and I always, I deployed that army the exact same way Yep. every time I played because I knew this is where I have my things, this is how I'm going to run it. You play in um, even you know even like if you play in Malifaux or these other games, you've still got a small crew like you have in Wild West Exodus. Yep. I'm still sort of deploying in these same areas, these same radiuses, these same things, and with with just like you said. I mean, if I'm holding back and I've got a lot of turns left, then I'm also trying to hold back my influence because I want to have that right. for when I get all my moves. So suddenly you're, you're you know you're watching to see who's going to use their influence first, who's going to use this. It becomes a little bit of a game of chicken, you know, that game within a game. Yep. As you're putting this stuff out, it's 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 really it, it it it's a lot of fun. It really it really gets to be quite a, quite a fun game. Um, 
you know, um, especially with the mix of the guys who are really good at range and the guys who are good at melee, because you don't just wind up just pushing everything to the middle and, right. and hitting each other, which, you know, in, in little demos, sometimes it might seem that way, depending on what game you're playing. But, uh, yeah, we were playing, uh, it was Jesse James, and it was, yeah, that was the, the demo, was Jesse James and, uh, and Abe Lincoln. And sad to say, Abe couldn't get anywhere near Jesse James. He wasn't going to have that. So Right, right. It yeah, was he's a gunslinger. Cra- yeah, and it was, it was crazy, though. I was just running up the field hill trying to get to the guy, guns blazing. It was right, fantastic. Right. It was so much fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and, and the one thing about the game, you know, moving forward, like its future, our goal is to really just keep pushing out great models, of course, but really changing up the, the schematics of how the models interact with the game. So we're not just going to put out, uh, you know, not to knock on Space Marines, but we're not just going to put out Space Marines. We're going to put out very different models every single time because we want people to feel like they're getting something new when they play. So uh, when you're getting... Like for instance, we just released for the Holy Order this this these uh, this model Salto who can actually open portals. Now this army for years, the, the Holy Order of Man has been a, a typically slow army. They're they're clad in armor. They they're beasts. They have a lot of ability to to withstand firepower, and they kind of move slow and, and smash hard. But the problem is. You play somebody like the Warrior Nation, which are no armor, super fast. They're all over you, and you have very little time to, to react, even though you're tougher. Um, what we decided to do is you know, flip the script a little bit. So how do we do that with a cool new model? So we decided to make these, these um, you know, based again on the fluff, a, a girl, Salto, who can actually open portals. And the portals opens, and it, it now allows you to travel across the board 24 inches uh, unopposed. So as long as she has line of sight, she can open up two portals, and now your guys can go through there, or my guys can go through there. And you and this get stays- past that range of, uh, like that. Like we talked about the werewolves, you get past their reach. Right, right. Now you can bounce through something and get quickly to another part of the board for a different strategic deployment. Or if you're cornered in an area, she can drop that you know portal in front of your your boss and get him the heck out of dodge and hide him behind a building or whatever. Uh, and that's huge for now movement. So. Those type of models is what we plan on doing going forward where there's going to be game changers for every army, you know, not just one, where every time a model is released, you're going to find that, wow, this is very useful. This is not just cookie cutter, same model, different gun, uh, same same model, same gun, different stat. You know, it's going to be totally play different and change the dynamic of the game as a whole. So exciting. Uh, that's our goal. Okay, look, I've kept you longer than you uh, longer than I say this to every every guest I have. I've kept you longer than the than the time you promised me. Oh, that's so, all right. <laughs> just um, and I just, I wanted to say, hey, congrats! I know you've also got uh, you got fiction coming out. You've got books. Uh, you got yeah. C. L. Werner and Craig Gallant from D six G writing books for you. I saw them there as well at the. Uh, yeah, and Robert Waters, you yep. know, he's another great writer. He wrote uh, The Wayward Eight, and he's working on another book right now for for us now, which is the second part of the Wayward uh, uh, book series. Uh, we're on our seventh novel, working on our eighth and ninth, you know, behind behind closed doors. So uh, to have ten books, novels, quality novels, uh, within the first two and a half years of existence, I mean, that is so much fluff for guys that are into – their models actually having a meaning. They're not just models you put or push around on the board. Uh, what's their story? What's their reason for fighting? What? Where are they coming from? What's their what, What's their overall dynamic in the world? I think the fluff is is written very well. These uh, these authors are amazing. They translate my ideas into legible English, which is. <laughs> a feat on its own um and we really appreciate it and uh you guys got to read the fluff because it's so good so good 
Yeah, definitely pick it up, guys, because I've, I've I have the first uh, I have Craig's first book from the trilogy, and I, I actually haven't gotten to read it because Harrison grabbed it because he was so interested after after the Gen Con booth. So nice. I'll be reading it next. So, all right, Romeo, thank you so much for coming on, and no um, you know, hey, anytime something new's coming up, you know, you're welcome to uh, drop in and uh, drop in and let us know. We're happy to have you on anytime. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you to all listeners, and uh, enjoy the show. And and if you guys need anything, let us know. Thank you. And, folks, um, we will be back in just a bit. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. Okay, folks, so that was our interview with Romeo from Battle Foam and Wild West Exodus. And uh, after we dropped off the air, Romeo uh, let me know that uh, he, we're going to have a contest. Uh, he wants you guys to try some Wild West Exodus. And so what he's going to do is he is sending me a uh, two-player starter set for Wild West Exodus. Uh, we will have a uh, contest thread up on the forums. So you just got to join the forums, and it's free. Uh, garagehammer.net, go to the forums, sign up. Uh, if you already play Wild West Exodus, tell us what you love about it. If you are new to the game and uh, you're looking to start, uh, let us know why we should send you a starter set for Wild West Exodus. And uh, we're going to leave that open for a few weeks. And then uh, Romeo is going to, I'm going to send him copies of all the entries. He's going to pick his favorite, and that person's going to win a brand new starter set that's that's not cheap either i think that's uh it's uh it's dude it's it's over a hundred dollars worth of toys there for you um so get on that if you enjoyed what you heard about wild west exodus or you're already playing and you love it get on the contest thread let us know why and uh you might be able to win a two-player wild west exodus starter set uh thank you very much for listening uh i know we've had a bunch of stuff coming out lately thanks for paying attention And uh, we'll see you back with uh, Garage Hammer, episode 127, pretty soon. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through david at garagehammer.net. 
You can reach me, that's Chris, through chrisu at garagehammer.net. And you can reach both of us through garagehammer at live.com. If you want to help support Garagehammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.